Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. I'm back and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass. That's how it's done. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! You're listening to Rob and Slim Interviews with Rob. Sports, am I right? And Slim. What about politics? Internet Radio's Finest. Rob and Slim Show, you're at 100th caller. You've won an interview. Yeah! Am I the 8th caller? Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Caller number 8. I want a toaster. Was it a toaster? Oh, uh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have an old toaster that oh, I... Oh, he does? Yeah, okay. I was going to have an Entenmann's your... mini <laughs> crumb cake, if you view that interests you, Dan. I, I got three oh, left. I don't know how many I'm going to eat, so I, they, they might not be here, but... Dan, I, ha- I also have this really sweet microwave that when you plug it in and start it, it, it lights on fire. <laughs> Why have we never used it? Why have we never used it live? just sitting in the... Oh, my God. Is, is it on burn marks? Like those ones that were built into the wall in the 1970s. <laughs> what about the ones with the metal like tray in them? Like that, you know, like ovens have that metal like rack. Weren't there microwaves yeah. that had that? Like I don't know how those. Yes, even there worked. were. There were absolutely. Aren't, aren't you My not supposed to? had one of those, and I, it just it looked to me like it was built in the wall, and it was like who needs this thing? You know, put a turkey in it, and it's done in seven hours. It's, it's <laughs> just put it put it in the stove, right? <laughs> yes. Like, God. Seems like a complete waste of time. What's new in New Hampshire, guys? Good to we're, be talking to you again. We're in Jersey, Dan, uh, well, but IPM Nation is in New Hampshire. That's where we broadcast from one of our uh, oh, yeah, places. Oh, that's right. Okay, what's new wherever you're broadcasting? Oh, it's, 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 all, it's all full of news, <laughs> chock full of new stuff. It's nothing. Nothing at all, Dan. How about you up in Nova Scotia? Yeah, good. It's all good. I'd totally forgotten you guys were in Jersey. Ah, I should know this right. by now. It's but real. no, hey, all's good. All is good. Winding, uh, winding down into the Christmas holiday Xmas, whatever you want to call it, season. For, but yeah, hey, it's just always good to be hearing you guys. Got, getting caught up on some replays and whatnot. Hearing Jay, hearing Sock Cop, and yeah, just love the Sock Cop content. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you, just, thank you. Oh, he's always he's always great. That you, you uh, are you friends with the Sock Cop? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I want to stay on the good side so I don't catch no tickets. No, yeah. Do you think he could go up there? Do you think he would have uh, jurisdiction up there in, in Nova Scotia? Oh, I think he would have to be granted jurisdiction. Just, you know, a, you know, goodwill ambassador. You know what <sighs> I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like anywhere would let him get speeders. Anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Would, would so, and they need him. all the help they can. You know, with stunt driving and everything, they need all the help they can. I didn't know Canada was that wild up there. Man. Oh, shit. it can be, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. We're not all that friendly. So. <laughs> are you are you ready for Christmas, Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're heading out of town in a, just over a week up to northern Ontario to see family and just for a few short days. Okay. But it's a uh, 
you know, I haven't been up in over a year. So uh, I've wow. got a niece that's 11 now. One of the nieces is, I want to say, 11 months old. I haven't met her yet. Wow. And I forget how old the other one is now. I should know this by now, but I don't. I haven't <laughs> seen them in a long time. And, of course, given the year I had last year, yeah. it just wasn't. But, hey. But from trying to stay on the optimistic side. From talking to you in the past, Dan, you're a minimalist, correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so what do you get for Christmas? Just nothing? That's what I would do. I'm uh, a minimalist, so you get nothing. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> and what do you get? What do you get if you get a ton of stuff? Are you just like, I'm I'm, I'm not taking this because like, I don't need yeah. this in my life? I, that's That would be it. And I mean, thankfully, we've got, you know, it's just, I tell people, eh, no gifts, no gifts. Just you know, make a donation to Animal Rescue or something. That's what I know? figured. That's wow, wow. Yeah, I would be that's that dick. I, I'd get you a gift. I'd get you an iPad oh, I, just to be a dick. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, well, hey, I'm open to toasters. Like I was just saying. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and Slim's microwave. Build a toaster museum. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, and how have your books been doing, uh, Dan? I think last time we talked to you, you would. Did you just come out with "Let Nothing Go to Waste" and you've had unplanned or planned on parenthood? You've had that yeah, one. Planned on, par- planned on parenthood is ten years old next year, which is still kind of surreal to me, and I'm still te- I'm now almost terrified to look at it in in the sense of just there's always stuff that I would want to change. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, like, why don't you put out a revised copy? I thought about that, like doing a ten year anniversary edition, but yeah, the data and everything in it's still pretty raw. In, in fresh in a sense and the content is still it's one of the things I remember is okay this is gonna have a long shelf life so I don't know maybe in 15, maybe 15 years or 20 years yeah and and then of course the data will have changed substantially by then and there might be some more things to throw in so I thought I did think about it because I could sit down and make a 10 do a 10 year anniversary version but I'm like no I'll let it I'll let it go a little longer because nice. it still keeps coming back someone will be like hey can we talk to you about this book like sure, it's nearly ten years old or whatever, but of course, happy to talk about it. So it's still getting fresh perspective. So. Nice. And what about Frankie? Is he is he around up there? Like, do you see him on the regular? No, I uh, Frankie's in Sydney, so he's oh. about um, like four hour drive away. But we were there not that long ago, and in Sydney, so like we were staying at uh, one of the hotels. Like he walks along the boardwalk. Okay. Like. And I just kind of joked with him, hey, Frankie, hope I run into you on the boardwalk. Didn't run into him, but... So Nova Scotia yeah. is like a state almost. I, I always thought it was like a town. Like, yeah, uh, no, it, exactly, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, a province, and you can cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. Okay. But, yep. But gotcha. It's, uh, yeah, like Frankie's at, where Frankie's at is a nice area. That whole Cape Breton Island is amazing scenery. Like You nice. can just look up Cabot Trail scenery on there. And you just get lost for like an hour looking at photos. Nice. Well, where are you at? Like, how far are you from where Frankie is? Yeah, so like a four-hour drive. But I'm like right in the capital, Halifax, on the other side of the Halifax Harbor. Okay. What's yeah, the coolest thing about there. Halifax? I'm sorry? What's like the coolest thing about Halifax? Like what? Like you said, scenery, where Frankie is. What's like one of the coolest things to do uh, where you are? Craft beer. Uh, maybe craft beer. Uh, waterfront's nice in the summer. I mean... You never know, and no cruise ships coming this year because of COVID and everything. Or, like, um, it's just interesting, and it's constant. There's so much history here, 
But, you know, I could do without the 12 o'clock cannon going off at the Halifax Citadel, which has been like a time-honored tradition. I want that. I want a 12 o'clock cannon. I always thought church bells when I was a kid were cool. I want a cannon. Oh, my God. Is that every day, 12 o'clock cannon? Church bells are cool. 12 o'clock every day, this cannon goes off. And even though we're on the other side of the harbor, it still scares the shit out of me at times when I'm outside. Like, is it just a sound effect or do they actually load the cannon with, like... Oh, they load this cannon with, like, a... They load this cannon up and blow it up over... Like, do they actually fire, like, a cannonball out of it? Yeah, is there, there, like, one unlucky car that gets hit a day, (laughs) or... That's what we used to think as kids. We'd be like, ooh, yeah. With a cannon going off, let's look out in the harbor and see if it lands somewhere. You know, I don't know how I, it was explained to me, and I'm certain I've just long forgotten it. But as kids, that's what we thought. We thought, hey, yeah. like, yeah, you're like, is there an unlucky car somewhere? Or, or they have like uh, a, a cardboard cut out of a pirate ship they shoot every day. Like, I want to, wow, wow. So cool. yeah, just, just one day, I would like to see it, like, just kind of, you know, hit some, just, just hit a ship, but. But tap it. Don't do anything with it. Like, just be like a stone that just taps it and falls into the water. Just you know? dent a tugboat. <laughs> like, yeah, do something. Yeah. <laughs> you could make it a little bit interesting. If you're going to scare the shit out of everybody at 12 o'clock every day, at least make it interesting. That sounds rough. But like, I wonder how many... downtown, like, because a uh, day job office is downtown. Like, I'll be walking down outside and I'll hear it go off and you can, like, 10 or 12 people walking the street will jump about a foot in the air. It how many... Never fails. How many Zoom calls has that ruined? It's, it's, oh my God, I, I'm certain many. Because it on a on a clear day, it will shake the building a little bit. It oh actually wow! Happen. Holy shit! But, that's... And for for you know someone like me whose hearing is a bit shot, the fact that I can still hear a little bit of it and I, have it still scare me is something else. I feel like if a cannon goes off in your town every day, your hearing's going to be fucked. Like, I feel like they should be investigated. They're probably at fault for your <laughs> loss of hearing, Dan. Yeah, his, historical <laughs> should, you know, forget, let, let's just save some people from being scared every day at 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, just send a plane through. Like, a, like just drop a couple fake missiles or something. Like, <laughs> that sounds yeah, terrifying. Like, <laughs> there's there's got to be a way, you know. But, they're stuck in their ways it's interesting it's an interesting place though i mean is it is it i'm originally from an hour and a half drive away so you so it's on the way up towards what frankie's would be right okay and you know we used to we used to come down here to go like shopping and then eventually like i got to a point where i I didn't want to come down here to go shopping let alone go shopping right so but you know and then i got to fortunately for me in 99 i got to leave and go explore the country a bit and do some other more useful things so Nice. Nice. Have you been writing uh, since we last talked to you, Dan? Yeah, a little bit here and there when I when I can. I'm working on some stuff into the new year for uh, a couple like album anniversary. I like doing, you know, covering a lot of that music history. Yeah. And a couple of milestone next year. I did a lot this year. Like stuff that I had put out this year, I had started. Like I was writing content for this month starting back in February of this year. Wow. What so, are some of the big uh, big like uh, anniversary albums this year? Uh, this one, like Black Sabbath, The Mob Rules. So the second D- Ronnie Dio album. And uh, there were, I'm looking back a little bit. There were a few movie ones too. I just did, I covered uh, Ocean's, uh, Ocean's Eleven, the remake. It's 20 years old. I just covered that. <laughs> And like that to me was surreal because it's like holy shit that's because I you know it's a, it, to me it's a funny movie it's just something you can settle into. Um, there was an Iron Maiden uh, record. There were, there was a bunch of great stuff last year and a lot of good news stuff too. This you know for a COVID year I'm finding stuff to be pretty good this year. 
Nice. But nice. That's what I, next year, like February, I'm covering something Deep Purple did in 1996, and it happened to be a really, really good record for a mid-90s record from a classic rock band. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't think at that point they would still be putting out, like, cool content like that. Like, no, you think they were, like... and everybody was like, oh, they're, they're done for, no, they're yeah. husbands. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think they are. And it's it's the twenty it's already been twenty five years since this particular record is coming out, and yeah. so I'm covering it, and I've like, like I've already started working on it, but it won't be, it'll come out on the day of the anniversary. It'll be sometime in February. Nice. And, and do if, you, if nobody picks it up, I'll put it out myself, of course. Yeah. So is that what it is? A lot of times you just you write something, you send it out, and and if anyone wants to grab it for their publishing, they'll they'll take yep. it. Okay. That's yeah. cool. And all the, like pitch work is a constant thing. I'll always send one or two things out a week, and uh, and even if it's not something that's already done, it's hey, what do you think about this? So like, there's more pitch work in, involved than you know. Necessarily, you got to send out a bunch to get one, right? And so even that you got one, or even if you have one that that's gotten one, you know, somebody's picked one up, that doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna pick you up every week. Yeah, exactly. And. I mean, in August, this, uh, this past August, I mean, to get, um, I did something that CBC, so our national broadcaster picked up, you know, on first from a first person series where I talked about, you know, road trip to Prince Edward Island. So just, you know, short, not too far away. We were uh, last really road trip my brother and I took. Oh, I read that railway piece. Museum. I read that and piece. Just, that piece was awesome. Yeah, I, man, I was some bloody proud of that, you know, and they picked that up and I was like, wow, this Actually, it's one of the things I can keep going back and reading and going, okay, this was pretty important. This this turned out really good. Yeah. And, yeah, the feedback I got from that was phenomenal. Cool. And and there's still stuff rolling in. I mean, Let Nothing Go to Waste is over a year old, and I'm still getting, uh, <laughs> hey, that's really funny. And I didn't think you were funny. Well, I'm only Ooh. funny to a few. <laughs> but, like, it's, you know, I had a really nice review of Let Nothing Go to Waste in the uh, regional magazine here, and I was just shocked and blown away by it nice then dan do you have some content yeah it it definitely is i was gonna ask before we get too much further because i don't want to uh want to make sure you have enough time do you have something you could read for us tonight oh sure um i pulled a bit that i'm i'm not sure where it's gonna end up but earlier in the year i got to uh someone was talking about being on tinder and i got to thinking you know i don't know what what possessed me to write it i thought okay what if jesus christ had a tinder profile and then i just it just i was just laughing like an idiot to myself and this is how it sort of looks and i may put it into my next book um, or i may just try to pitch it somewhere i that, did send yeah. it out that's what i feel um, if it's something that makes me laugh like i i'm pretty sure it's gonna be it's gonna be cool like that's how i usually when i come up with stuff that's that's just you got to note it up and now we're in, we're all into dictating on our phones and you know i still work in a note with a notepad at times but this, I was like, oh, my God, if Jesus Christ was on a dating website. And I think it would look a little something like this. Uh, Jesus, uh, 2021. Um, as, well, yeah, that meant his age, supposed age. Uh, Middle Eastern descent, love long walks on the water, uh, even long wa- longer walks in the desert. Sundays are kind of a big deal. I love fishing and teaching others how to fish. Uh, I can be the life of the party, performing magic tricks and talking up a storm and talking down a storm. I uh, really dig holding regular dinners with my dudes at a very long table. And you can find me at many bread and wine bars on Saturday evenings. Uh, family strong, strong family background. Mom is idolized the whole world over, but very much my own man, not a mama's boy. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Absolutely love Christmas. Easter? Not really so much. 
Now, which mo uh, after reading this profile, no matter which way you swipe, I guarantee I'll know about it. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> so like good. Long walks in the desert. <laughs> or the water. Okay. <laughs> I thank you. It's gold. I, like, I just, like, you know, so I, I'd read on Twitter about people being on dating sites, and I don't follow any of that stuff, right? Uh, but yeah. Tinder's the one you always hear about. Oh, Is that the big one? Right. I, I know the Driz likes so. Grinder. The Driz, he likes yeah. a site called Grinder. I, I yeah, I'm a big know. fan of the Grinder. I like a little grinding in my grind. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, does the Driz have multiple accounts on Grinder? Just a couple. Just a couple. Uh, okay. The Driz yeah, like is the Driz underscore zero one. Yeah, you got it. Uh. <laughs> well, man, good luck. You have to set up multiple ones because you know you want to just get in as many as you can. You gotta, yeah, yeah, I got I got yeah. one. It's called Lil Driz, uh, <laughs> and I, I I make the the font real small on that one. You know. Ooh. Uh. I didn't know you could okay, do things so that, like that. So, one for far-sighted potential and near-sighted potential. <laughs> no, I like it. So you definitely are running the gamut there, trying to draw in what you can. I, I'm proud of you. It's good. You're getting yourself out there. He does it's what time. he can. Yeah, he uses what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you guys are ready for Christmas as well. I know it's uh, been. It's hard to believe it's here already. Yeah. Well, uh, I, 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 we work in retail, uh, Dan, and I, you kind of get like the feel of it like you get how much uh people buy and like real early this season and mm -hmm. even for the other holidays people just like grab stuff real quick it seems like we were out of things a lot more uh earlier yeah. so like i have been at least uh at least able to grab things like when i see them and all so that's kind of that's cool great. yeah i remember you guys i remember you guys are in retail and I've been there myself and had worked you know for one of the big national retailers on and off for a couple of years and and of course, I just feel for everybody. I mean, it's happened. You know, the craziness has happened here as well. I mean, well, things are opened up a lot more, although they're going to tighten up again. I suspect. That's what but I'm wondering. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, but I know by us uh, out in California, all the ships that were like bringing in imports and stuff, they're all held up. I, I don't even know why, but that was a big thing. So people were thinking they weren't going to be able to get stuff, and mm. it, it's yeah. a mess. Now, I ordered a set of winter tires for the for the vehicle. In I got placed the order on. 27th of October. Now there's two Michelin plants in our province. Keep yeah. this in mind. But with all the supply and the backlog and everything, only got the tires put on a week ago. Yeah. That's my so, dad, I forget how long it took him to get uh tires for his Harley. It was like at the beginning of the pandemic, but it, yeah. I, I wanna say like six months or more, and they had to end up shipping one from like Maine. Yep. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, yeah. It's just the shortages everywhere. It's kind of amazing to see. But I also I feel I feel for everybody on the front line they're working in retail because it's just it you know I know how difficult it is I've been there and you know I, I'm trying to be a little bit extra nice to people and you know at the same time give dirtier looks to people who aren't being nice to retail people you know <laughs> yeah cuz I've yeah. been there and it's bullshit I I feel like a lot of people just in general just go out with a mindset like they're just going to be they're going to be uh, they're going to give someone a hard yeah. time yeah. like no matter what like, I'm going yeah, I'm going down. I'm going to bother Martin and seafood and tell him I don't like his fish. Like, they just don't <laughs> right? Like it's his like fault. I'm going. Yeah. yeah, I'm going out today and I'm going to piss off some people. That's <laughs> yeah. the mentality, right? Yep. Like he's the guy that went and caught it and, and then presented <laughs> it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, hack your halibut, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ah. <Shit. sighs> What 
about to. I think that damn with like the the the, the shortage and like uh, the trouble finding stuff is because nobody, everyone's still like afraid to work. So there's a yeah a huge shortage of uh, workers, and I don't know though. Are, some companies too, I feel like, are producing things slower just to cash in. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah, I agree. I think you you do kind of have to wonder, but even seeing like you notice little things. One of the towns near here that we love to hang out at in Lunenburg. That when we were there over a weekend, um, we noticed that like one of the, their subway locations, and I don't eat at Subway, but it was closed for an entire weekend because they don't have staff. So they were only open for short times during the week. And here it was busy tourist season and season and people were coming back. Like the town was packed full of people. They didn't have what? And they didn't have staff. Oh. Like, so a, a place that is guaranteed to, to draw money. Yeah. Like the subway because people know the name and whatever. It was yeah. closed because they didn't have staff to work the weekends, and that's happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, look, pay your people better, and maybe they'll maybe you can be open on the weekend. Yeah, I've, we've seen that a lot here. A lot of companies in 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 the U.S. have been raising their rate. I didn't know if you guys had that up there too. Where we they, had the two big grocery chains. Uh, they offered they called them hero bonuses, which you know was a bit ridiculous, and they were giving you know retail workers a bonus you know for so long but then they ended up just taking it away oh it was ridiculous considering the kind of money they were making there's no reason they couldn't have kept those so, wages in and, yes. and better yet paid them better so yeah that's what so, i'm saying like some of the, the major ones here they've kept that so like that's cool like yeah i yeah, figured that was good. the same none of them none of them have kept it here wow. out of the big guns here none of them have kept it damn so, yeah i've even seen one story where a lot of like uh even fast food chains they've, they've upped their rate and all yeah yeah, I'd like to see that here too, but I don't. And I don't. I hardly go to any of those places at all, of course. But um, but you'll hear about it, and kind of you know have to walk through a food court to get up to my office the two days a week that I'm in down in downtown. So I pass a food court, and it's like, man, pay people better. Yeah, yeah. Dan, yeah. before we go, did you want to read that other sure. page? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, I appreciate that. But, I mean. Uh, you guys got Bobby coming on in a bit, right? Uh, he's on. Uh, our next interview is Laura Kaywet, and then we have. Right, and then, and then we have Bobby. What a what a great interview that's going to be with Laura coming in. That's a that's great. But with Bobby, I thought of I covered a bit of like I was a wrestling fan growing up as a kid, and there was a pretty big scene here in Atlantic Canada, and there were some guys like Randy Poffo and Lanny Poffo, so the Macho Man. They worked here back in the seventies, um, so I touched a little bit i'll excerpt from what it from it's called when wrestling was real and i'll just get a little bit of the ways in before i let you guys go so so when wrestling was real it was a con job that i completely fell for the violence the storylines we believed and bought into it we thought people who worked the inside of the wrestling ring were legitimately fighting some grown-ups kept telling us goofy kids that it was all staged we didn't believe it and never wanted to my grandfather knew it was staged and still found entertainment value in it when we went to the matches at the old stadium Saturdays meant wrestling was on television. Sport was at such a crescendo that it was on multiple times during a weekend. For a couple of years, my brother and I and our friends never missed it. Uh, sorry. During the summer months, the promotion Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling went on the road with a great roster of performers. There would often be multiple shows happening on the same day in different places. Sunday night was our night in our hometown of New Glasgow. The draws were always solid and the performers and promoters made really good money. My dad was never really a fan, but saw how much we all enjoyed it. My grandfather would be in it with us, hollering towards the ring area. So you can imagine a, a thick Scottish accent permeating through a cigarette smoke-filled crowd 
and heel wrestlers wondering why some guy in a loud Scottish accent was yelling obscenities at them. And I lost my place there. The, uh, the promotion would sell photographic prints of the bigger stars in the business. So they would have like, they'd have these tables set up with like Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan, guys who never worked in the, in there just to make money. Right. And it kind of goes on and on from there. But I wanted, I covered that because that was a good memory, especially my brother and I touched on this before I finished the book and before my brother passed away. Like I actually ran the story by him. Yeah. Said, you know, was there anything there that I might have missed or something? You know, was there something? No, no. Just talk about talk about um, grandfather yelling at some of these guys. <laughs> That's so funny though. <laughs> just uh, it's it totally hits because uh, my dad was never like crazy about wrestling, but my grandfather. On my mom's side, he was a huge fan, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was just something for. I mean, we saw it on TV. My dad was watching it, and then we just kind of fell into it. I haven't now. I haven't watched it for a very long time, but I watch old clips, and I'm fascinated by the history of it. Yeah. And given the history of how it ran in Atlantic Canada and the people that used to come up and work here during the summers, so I do maintain a bit of a, you know, a love for the history of it. But you know, I've got nothing kind to say about any of the lot that are running it now and haven't for some time so but anyway i appreciate being able to read that one that's always brings back some memories no problem thank you dan and where can everybody find you uh dan with two n's danalexander.com twitter writer dan writer and d-a-n-n and if anybody's got a little bit to spare over the holidays throw a little at your animal shelter every little bit counts awesome man thank you so much dan Man, thank you guys. It's always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Always. Happy holidays. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one, Dan. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes with Laura K. Wett. All right. Rob and Slim Show. Hey, it's Laura K. Wett. Laura Laura K. Wett, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm okay. How are you? Good, good. Just was, like, sitting down at the time, so, like... Trying to sit down, take a jacket off, and talk. It was too much at once. Too much at once. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, well, Laura? We're it together. Oh, <sighs> God. Do we even ask that anymore? I, my year has been heinous. How are you? <laughs> yeah, same, 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 same. Frazzled. Yeah. Worn out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I feel like these years now, they're like dog years ever since that, that oh, whole COVID thing started. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, are you ready? Are you ready for the, the the Christmas holiday? I yeah, I've got like a few more gifts to get and stuff to wrap and stuff to ship and everything's nice. gonna be late if I don't get it in on time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But other than that, I'm hanging in there. Nice. Yeah, I'm all set. Slim just said today that he just realized it's next week. So. Yeah, I, I like I ordered a bunch of gifts. My my buddy last night was like, Oh, we're exchanging our gifts on Friday and I'm like, I didn't order anything for anyone. So luckily I was able to go on to Amazon uh, with the Amazon Prime and I have all my gifts for all my friends coming on Friday. And I <laughs> ordered today. <laughs> They're coming well, just in time. Amazon Prime isn't all on time, though. Even no. that's, like, wonky. I mean, yours will be because it says it will. But, like, yeah. today I ordered something something from Amazon that was on today, and it said it would re- arrive sometime between the 19th and the 22nd. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. What's your favorite thing about this season, Laura? Oh, gosh. Oh, God. (laughs) 
the food. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's a, yeah, that's one of my go-to's. The food, I, I like decorating the tree. Well, I always I have. Family, except for this year, it's like you know, family is like it's scary to go to family's houses, and so... I lost a lot of family this year, so there'll be a lot of empty tables and chairs, yeah. and you know, it's just a it's a weird year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you? That's yeah. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? You nothing, man. Rough, you get yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah, just keep going. That's uh, it, it's rough. Hopefully, hopefully we get some some relief uh, in one of these years coming up. Yeah, I don't know though. It's crossed. it's been a couple <laughs> already. It's been a couple <laughs> years already. Oh jeez. But last we spoke, you had just released a new edition of your book, No Small Parts. Yes, I had. How's that been doing? Uh, pretty well. I'm 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 very happy with the book, and and I think a year later that I'm still the only person who has a chapter on Me Too issues. That's and a, one thing that I'm I think most, is amazing. Yeah, well, and I and I have very current information on self taping, which is now just basically how we audition. So. Um, you know that it, it's doing well, but but it should be because it's very current and and it was a good book before. Yes, yes, that's cool. Was that was that what you added in the last revision, or I added about seventy new pages. So two of the chapters were those two that I just uh, described, and then I also added some sections um, in the commercials chapter. I had to revamp everything because everything had changed in the last seven years, and then the I added a chapter et on um, conventions because even though right now we don't have a lot of signing conventions when things reopen up and everybody's traveling again a lot um, you know conventions will be back in swing and that's another revenue source for actors that used to really only be for you know where careers would go to die kind of thing but now it's like where you announce your new marvel movie you know yeah that's that's true and i was going to ask you you mentioned uh commercials uh changing in the past seven years what was the big change well, you know, sadly, a lot of it has to do with them figuring out new ways to rip us off. <laughs> so, oh, oh um, that sucks. Um, so that's a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, and and the biggest change is that there's so many new ways of receiving commercials. Um, you know, that's commercials are now thinking. part of whether it's streaming or on your phone mm. or in your facebook feed or whatever you know commercials are now everywhere yeah and so there's all kinds of new contracts and all that kind of stuff that has to do with the new ways we see commercials i was wondering too with like yeah with them being in more places or more vela if the the pay had yeah. gone down from that i i, I don't know i it just kind of kind of seemed like it would it has. And and when you get a national network, they'll try and do just about anything they can to not call it that. <laughs> so they don't have to pay you those fees. So uh, it, not as big a problem for me here in New Orleans because here we don't shoot as many commercials. But in L.A., that was half my income. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. How how often yeah, do you have to be on like uh, on the go for like auditions when when you're doing that many? It's got to be it's got to be a uh, a lot. Oh, it was a lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was like you know, it was like a part time job. I would go out several times a week for auditions. Wow, what was one of your favorite uh, commercials that you did? You know, I've been blessed because I've done a lot of really good commercials and really fun commercials. But the two that were like the most fun 
both got pulled. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because one ran for a year, and then I was in the middle of contract renegotiations to have it run for another, you know, another year to three years. And um, it was for American Airlines when they had just uh, created more legroom. And when I went in for the audition, I was like, I said, I did all the lines, and then I was when I was done, I was like, is this real? Is it, are they really going to have more legroom on American Airlines? And they were like, yeah. And I was all excited because I'm so tall, and legroom is, I'm, I'm all about legroom. So <laughs> I was very excited. And it was a super cute commercial where I played a flight attendant who somebody asked for more legroom, and I said, sure. And I whip out a drill, and I move the, you know, I drill the seat in front of him and move it forward so that he has more legroom. And then somebody further down the aisle says, oh, Nish, and wants me to come fix his chair. So that's the commercial. Really super cute. That's cool. And my contract renegotiations happened during the week of 9-11. And on that day, they pulled the commercial and were like, yeah, no more drills on airplane commercials. That's the end of that. Oh, wow. I just thought maybe like the tickets weren't selling as much. Maybe because of that. But I didn't even think along that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just one of those things that, you know, when bad things happen, and of course, what? how could I even possibly compare the ripple that affected me to what happened to the people of New York and the people in that building and their families? But one of the ripple effects was that, yeah, old money out of my pocket ah uh, yeah i guess we never even really think about things like that right like you wouldn't think like oh because this event happened all these commercials aren't yeah. playing yeah. anymore like uh, yeah. Yeah. i never would have thought well you wouldn't have to think about it well, yeah, <laughs> i have to think about it <laughs> yeah, it's not noticeable to the public but yeah, yeah. wow that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and the other one was this really again really cute commercial very funny where um, it was for another, it was another travel thing. It was for CheapTickets.com, and the tagline was "You're cheap, so are we." And so the commercial was of me um, walking down the street in an Armani suit, and I pass a blind homeless man who is looking for money in a tip jar, you know, kind of thing. And I put paper money into the jar and then reach in to get change. <laughs> And then the tag says, cheap, cheap tickets, you're cheap, so are we. <laughs> that was a very funny commercial. But apparently I'm incredibly insensitive because yeah. apparently the blind community was like, that's just nasty. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to watch. You can't, can't, yeah, yeah. They, they get but how did the blind uh, community even see it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they told these people what was happening. <laughs> Somebody yeah. had to tell them. <laughs> Some, told oh. yeah. Well, I don't. I, I I can afford to be insensitive because I don't have that in my life, and I don't have anybody in my life that suffers. So I really don't have the answer to how they would know because I don't. I don't yeah. live with that, and I don't know anybody in my life that does. So I I assume that that was a, uh, you know, a thing that did hurt people's feelings, and so enough is enough. But yeah. but I thought it was cute before yeah. before I found that out. So. That's it. Sometimes people just go way too far with things. Like, uh, but, uh. Well, and maybe we went too far. Who knows? Yeah, Who yeah. Knows? You never know. At the end of the day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Well, I was gonna ask you too. I saw in your Twitter bio, Twitter bio that it says you're a pussy footer. What does that mean? I am. I'm a dancer in the Mardi Gras parade. I thought. Um, I thought almost like a long, uh, like a burlesque dancer or something. But yes, that, that, very much. 
we wear costumes that are, are uniforms, but our uniforms are very much like burlesque uh, wear. And we wear our, what our signature pieces that we always have are our pink corset and our white combat boots. And then the rest of the uniform changes every two years. So like one year we had sort of a superhero theme. Another year we had sort of a Western saloon theme. You know, we have different cool. themes to the rest of the outfit. Cool. But yeah, if you go to my Twitter or you go to my Facebook, you're bound to see pictures of me in some fabulous concoction that's a version of the pink corset and white combat boots. <laughs> I meant to ask you that the last two times we had you on. Like what that meant. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, are the parades yeah. still going on with, with the pandemic? Well, they hadn't been, but now we just did the Halloween parade, and that was the first parade that had rolled in New Orleans, you know, since the shutdown in March of 2020. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the the Halloween parade rolled, and we rolled with it, and um, and everything went well, and we did not have a, a spike in COVID after the parade, so the city went ahead and is moving forward with the Mardi Gras parades. Cool. We That's did cool. cancel the Christmas parade, but that had to do less with um, COVID. And well, it had to do with the effects of COVID, which is to say they couldn't get the, uh, the money and the security and all that together to throw the Christmas parade. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, even um, up here, like uh, the spikes and all, I, I've only been uh, noticing people getting them when the new strains come out and all like, so hopefully yeah. we can get this thing under wraps. Well, we get everything because we're an international tourist destination. Yeah. That's so a major place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get everything. Are, 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 so, did, yeah, like Omicron arrived here the first the first days they were talking about Omicron. It was right here. I was like, uh, right well, away. It sounds like a robot. It sounds like a transformer. I know, right? <laughs> Where'd they get that name? <laughs> the last one was like Delta, and or was that what it was? Delta? Yeah, it was Delta. And, yeah. yeah. How do got... you go from Delta yeah. to Omicron? Yeah, <laughs> like... Omicron. Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We have to keep it all straight because, of course, we have hurricanes, and we all got hit by Zeta a yes. year and a half ago, and now. <laughs> Now this year was Ida was the big one, but yeah, a year and a half ago Zeta was the big one, and so yeah. we've been, you know, Delta Zeta. What it sounds like a fraternity around here. <laughs> that's it. So. I, I feel like a frat's behind a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's why they chose Omicron for this st- strain because it sounds more like a villain right. and not. Like... Oh no! Like that's like the last <laughs> word in a Greek. Uh, oh frat, yeah, like Beta that's Alpha right. Omicron. Yeah. Like, that's a, yeah, that's it. We just we just figured it. <laughs> The 27th letter. <laughs> I was going to ask too, Laura, what's the correct way to say New Orleans? Is it Narlins? Like, if you're down no, I there. And- made that up. I, I, I do know what they were trying to say when they did that, but I don't know why they went with that version of events because nobody here says Narlins. Okay. That's like when people think we, we do- say New Jersey. Nobody says that. Nobody says that yeah. up here. No, we we do combine it into one word, but it's if I were to spell it instead of N A W, which is what they do, um, what I would say is N, you know, N E W or N U W A. What New Orleans? O R L I N S. New Orleans. We don't say New Orleans. Oh, yeah. No, I. We say New Orleans. Okay. Cool, cool. Nice. Yeah. And I, we do squish it all into one word, but it, it's 
it, it's not Nolans. That's not, I've never met anybody who says that. The only people who say that are people on NCIS and Nolans. Nolans. <laughs> yeah. so, and we do say New Orleans, which we're trying to rhyme it in a song. Oh. I mean, that's that, you know, if you say, if, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? You can't say, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's like so, potato, potato. You do say New Orleans if a song is doing it, but cool. that's it. Nice. Nice. That's cool. I was going to yeah. ask too, uh, having yeah, but, a, Oh, I'm sorry. But I was going to finish up on the Pussyfooters. We're a oh. group of over 100 women who are all over 30. And uh, we do about 50 nonprofit events per year um, where we assist in other nonprofits um, events. And then we have our own uh, ball, a Mardi Gras ball called Blush Ball. And that uh, money goes for domestic violence survivors, and um, and every year we raise around thirty grand for victims of domestic violence. So that's a very good program that we've got going. And then we parade all year as well. We parade, like I said, during carnival and all the holiday parades. But we also parade, like there's an event every year. Well, of course, every year except last year, yeah. um, called Festigals. That's a big women's event convention that comes into town every year. We par- you know we parade throughout the year as well. Cool. So it's a really fun group to be a part of because we're always doing something. And it's a lot of really cool women. There's, you know, doctors and nurses, lawyers, teachers, you know, it's all kinds of women. That's cool. And we were the first group to assemble uh, 21 years ago. But since then, um, there's now over 50 of these adult dance groups that have come out of following our lead. So cool. are they all are, are they all down there or are they throughout the country? They're all here. At, there's, now there's some all over the country. You know, sadly, we all found out about a group that died during that tragedy a couple of weeks ago. That's hard to remember from all the different other tragedies we've had. But the car driving through and all that craziness um, yeah. killed some women who were parading. Oh, um, yes. So, yeah. So now there are groups all, you know, there are groups all over the country. But here, um we have uh, most of them are female, all female, but they're because the whole thing was inspired by a group called the Baby Dolls that was at the turn of the century in the 1800s. And um, that was a group of black prostitutes who uh, would dress as baby dolls and carry baby bottles full of liquor. <laughs> so, wow. So, yeah. So we're coming off of that tradition, bringing that tradition back to life and, and making it open to everybody. And, and now it's ballooned and ballooned until now the, the group everybody in America has seen is the 610 Stompers who have paraded twice with the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Yes, yes. That's cool. I was going to ask yeah. uh, the, the baby dolls, though. Was that during Prohibition? Um, no, it, it was before that and then during that and then after that. But, um, you know, they they... Uh, just decided because back rolled? then um, women That's weren't allowed cool. to parade and uh, certainly uh, the black community was not allowed to parade and so these women were just like oh heck with it you know? <laughs> That's so amazing. That's they, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were rebels. Mm. That's cool. 
That's cool. They're the ones yeah. that get the, get well, things going a lot of times. That's what it takes. Exactly. And and us getting our group going actually led to a resurgence of various baby doll groups. And now there are way tons more baby doll groups because of what happened with our group. So that's great. It created a like a a new wave of baby doll groups. That's cool. So that's exciting as well. Awesome. I was gonna say uh, a, yeah. a few months ago, I think, it was, didn't you message me? Uh, was that when you said you were reading the, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book? Which I finished. Did you? I was going to say, is yes. it worth it? Like, should I go grab it? I finished it, and and I have um, lots to say about it. But, of course, you know, it's, it's major spoiler alerts <laughs> if I share everything I have to say. But I will say as a general note that anybody who hasn't read it because they think, well, I already saw the movie. Yes. Yeah, well, so over halfway through the book is the ending of the movie. Yeah, and that's what made me like, I want to go grab it. the ending of the movie, and it says it as a, something that's already happened. So if you read the book, you still have to go to the movie, and if you go to the movie, you would still benefit from reading the book because they're very different. Slim, you never saw the movie at all, right? No, yeah, I so like, I, I think I did. I think I spoiled it for him. He probably doesn't remember because he drinks a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, no, but it's <laughs> it's definitely worth going to the book then. Like, when you told me that about halfway through is the ending of the movie, I'm like, I really want to get this now and see what happens. Is it just as tense, right. Laura? Is it just as tense as, like, the scene where Brad Pitt's character went to the farm or or, or, or some of those. Well, see, all that's now handled differently. Like, that scene is, there. that's handled um, through the eyes of the girl who is hanging at, the Squeaky Fromm character, who is hanging out with the old man at the farm. Um, yes. It's told through her eyes when Cliff arrives. Now, it's also told, you know, we also see it through Cliff's eyes as he's going there. But when we get to the ranch, we're in that character's eyes and the yeah. character that was um, Dakota Fanning uh, played. So, yeah. So, it, again, it's, it, the book can do things that the movie, you know, it would have been cumbersome for the movie to do. But it's easy for the book to do. That's great. So that was just like Quentin. Is that how it went down? Did Quentin read that book and then what he took from it and, and made into the movie is what became that? That movie? Well, No. No, he he made the movie, and this is a old thing that used to happen a lot in the 60s and 70s. They would do dime store versions, dime store book versions of the movie after yes. the movie already came out. So, like, you would see, like, Serpico, and then you would go to the drugstore after and buy the book for <sighs> 10 cents and, and read the paperback of the movie. And they would be very, very similar um, because the person who wrote the book would just be creating a book of the movie. Okay. So wow. this being Quentin doing it, um, you know, instead of just author to be named later, um, you know, Quentin made the movie and then he made the book. Oh. Uh, you know, he, yeah. So it's in a way that is something I've encouraged a long time with him that I'm really excited about, which is that I don't know how much you know about Quentin's writing process and what it is that he leaves out of his movies, but I'm sure you've heard that things get cut. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And for time. And, and with the book, he doesn't have to do that. Oh. And so every idea gets to be a good idea and every idea gets to find its place. And, and he doesn't have to cut it out just because, 
it won't fit in two and a half hours, you know? Yes. So, That's why Kill Bill was two movies, because it was just way too long for one movie. Right. I remember, like, Well, but let me tell you out. something. I can tell you from the original script of Kill Bill that before the script that, that I got, that everybody got, that were the actors, before that script was a previous script that opened with, like, a seven-minute Mickey Mouse cartoon from back when Mickey Mouse was like in the steamboat days, in the black and white days, and it opened with this Mickey Mouse cartoon about rats. And um, that never even made it to the script that all the actors saw. So things like that, he gets to keep those in the novel. Yes, that's cool. That's yes. awesome. So it's what yes. maybe what he would the movie would have been had he been able to. That's right. that's even cooler. I, I didn't even realize it was. Well, he had wrote the book I will too. say no. If he had never made the movie, this book would be very different. I can tell you that because yeah. if he had never made the movie, then of course he would have taken the time to describe the flamethrower scene. Whereas <laughs> when you're reading the book. The book, it's like a half a sentence, you know, because he assumes you've already seen the movie. Yeah. (laughs) That scene was amazing. Yeah. Right. But in the book, that's just like a sentence because he assumes you've already seen the movie. Yeah. But they're meant to be be a companion. They're meant to be like, if you liked the movie, you'll enjoy the book. If you liked the book, you'll enjoy the movie. You know, like they're meant to go together. That's cool. Super cool. Yeah. I, I was going to ask too, Laura, having I've worked with Quentin on multiple ca- occasions, do you ever randomly hear from him or or do, do you uh, contact him? Well, to be clear, he and I started as friends. So, you know, that, that friendship is uh, outside of having done movies together. So, so cool. um, wow. you know, his life has changed a lot, though, now. Yeah. Because now I doubt he hangs out with any of the old crowd so much because he's now a husband and a daddy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And he has, you know, a tiny tot. And he spent, a, I don't know, a good chunk of last year in Israel because of the COVID. So, oh. um, you know, he's been, he's got a whole new life now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that, that is something. That, that is something that changes i always wonder too like is it tough growing up as like somebody like with him as your dad like it's a lot to live I up to i can't even imagine <laughs> i can't even imagine i have so many friends who are second generation you know i have i have, I have a bunch of friends who uh in particular whose fathers were famous yes and um i i can tell you that uh in la what that does is sort of normalizes you because you then are not somebody who pursued going to L.A. You're somebody who grew up there. So it's a different kind of, you know, like the stereotype of people who are attracted to L.A. is that they're, you know, they're on a single-minded mission. And so they're, of course, going to be very focused on their own dream. And they're going to be, you know, all about their own dream. And, you know, it's hard to get the attention long-term of anybody who's trying to make their dream come true. Whereas if you grew up there, you you didn't go to L.A. to have a dream. You just were born there. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be there either way. Yeah. So you might be much more balanced. Oh. My experience is that the people who grew up there tend to be more balanced than the people who pursue going there. So they already understand, like, how everything works, kind of. Yeah. That's cool. Well, and it's just normal to them. Yeah. It's just normal to them to be surrounded by people who do this for a living. And so they don't have a 
starry-eyed idea of, oh, my gosh, look at all that cool stuff on TV. I want to be part of that. You know, they they grew up on sets or they grew up around musicians or they, you know, they're used to a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Laura, thank you so much, though. Yeah. I, I can't believe it's, it's we, we got to wrap it up. Uh, it's, it's always great oh talking to you. Oh, my gosh, it's so fast. <sighs> always does, always does, always does. Uh, definitely, this is our last season, and that's also uh, why I reached out to have you on again because we've always it. had such great conversations. I know, I know. It's just so much work, so much work. Uh, well, I'm I'm sad to see y'all go. I'm very excited that you included me in your last season and that you included me in the show all along. It's been really a privilege. I appreciate it, and it's always been an honor, always an honor having you on, Laura. Where can everybody find you? Well, I'm still on Twitter at uh, at No Small Parts K N O W, the name of my book, and you can also find me at lauracayuette.com, which has links to all my other things. You know, YouTube, Pinterest, whatever, and um, and then I have a Facebook Pro page, and uh, and that's it. But lauracayuette.com is probably the best way to find me. Awesome, Laura, and yeah, don't be a stranger. Even though we're not doing the show anymore, always feel free to I message know. or any of that. All right. Well, uh, you guys have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so you much too. for including me. And I I wish you well going forward. Thank you, Laura. We wish you the same. All right. Take have, care. Have Y'all a have one. a great night. You, you too. too. Rob and Slim Show. Hey, it's Bobby Blaze. Bobby, Bobby Blaze. How are you, Bobby? Seasons fucking greetings. I'm doing great. How are you guys? About the same, about the same, my friend. Uh, what, are you ready for the, the fucking seasons? Yeah, well, you know, I would say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year and all that, but man, uh, you, I tell you, when I was young, very young, my grandmother would send me a card or a picture, and it always said Seasons Greetings, and I'd say to myself, I'd say, what the, what the hell? Because I wouldn't say fuck then, but I said, what the, what? And I'd ask my mom, what the hell is season greetings? And I, I cursed at a young age, so excuse the language. But I said, what is that, mom? What? And she goes, what means the whole season? You know, from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year. And I just didn't get it. And so I just was like, well, fuck. Fuck that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate season fucking greetings. Fuck the seasons. Tell, tell me happy Thanksgiving. Tell me fucking Merry yeah. Christmas. Tell me Happy New Year, but don't fucking tell me Seasons Greetings. Don't lump it all into one. Yeah, it's like a cop-out. It's it's lazy. <laughs> exactly. It's lazy. Right. How it, you guys doing, man? How you guys doing? Good. As good as it gets, Bobby. We're, we're rocking out. We're in our last season, and, and uh, you're definitely somebody we had to have back, because every time we had you on, it's always always a, a great conversation, a great time. Man, when I got your message, it was, it was kind of a... Um, Two-fold feelings. I'm like, man, I know how much goes into a podcast. You guys have been on it for years and doing great. And it's always been an honor to be on it. So, you know, part of me is like, oh, man, I, I enjoy their show, you know, the Robin Same Slim way. show. And then part of me is like, I definitely was honored that I was asked. And also, I want to send a shout-out to Jeremy over to the Geekest cast. You guys hit him on last week. Yeah. I listened to that on YouTube. Actually, I watched it earlier today on YouTube. I appreciate you guys just reaching out to us and Letting us be a part of your podcast, man. You guys are both um, great. I wish you guys, um, as they say, good luck in your future endeavors, man. Thanks, man. And I, I feel like we'll pop up yeah. here and there. It just won't be as regular as it is now. Right, 
Right. And when I heard you guys say you might do some movies and stuff and pop up, I, I popped for that. I was like, okay, yeah. that's cool, man. We've done that in the past. Some of those. Here and there where we'll yeah, just watch yeah. a movie and do a drinking game and just, just have fun. And it's not as much <laughs> as like, you don't have to put in as much, you know, research and, and work into it. You just yeah. sit there and you have fun and you you just spat out a couple things. The, the One of our, uh, on YouTube, like two of our movie shows are like some of our top videos. Like regularly yeah. like people are still checking them out so that's that's a cool thing right, right on that <laughs> is cool very cool man and i can't wait that i mean i'm obviously don't hate that you're you're ending it but i'm also can't wait to see your next movie one you know and listen to it and that's that's cool man cool. yeah cool. we've done what, it. give me you. give me your top movies because i'm gonna probably uh give away my age here in just a second when i give you i can give you my like top three real quick but let me hear yours what's the top movies that you like in your top 10 just give me top two or three gotta be sure. back to the future if not the Ooh. trilogy one of them one of them is definitely at the top um yeah that i'd say that um ooh, let's see uh days to confuse the i know slim has a scene good one <laughs> that's a really good one and uh oh my gosh uh Ooh, I put those two up there. I put those two up, but I'm going up a little bit different way. Um, my my favorite's a really weird one for you guys, probably, but it's 1976 Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. That's a great it's one of Mark Scorsese's early movies. Yeah, one of my top ones. And everyone that knows me thinks I would probably say Pulp Fiction is my favorite. Oh, yeah, but um, it's yes. actually my second favorite. It's a really uh, only because good one. of the um, the way the character. Um, Travis Bickle was in, in Taxi Driver. But now Godfather would be number three, but I count them both as one and two. All right, Man, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Those Back are really good ones. And uh, Days and Fuse. I've, I've got, I've, I love Days and Fuse, man. And my God, I popped huge uh, when when um, Back to the Future came out. Yeah. So, yeah good choices, man. And, good um, choices. Uh, well, I was, I, uh, before you said a Quentin movie, which, yeah, Quentin, yeah, that's he's got some amazing movies. I was thinking, uh, oh, my God, what, uh, did, it, did, it, did I lose it already? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I did. I've had two people tell me straight up that um, um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has just instantly like become their favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, and I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I've watched it probably honestly like 15 times, um, and I love it. But so I'm good. not going to put it up there yet. But, but uh, it's awesome. The last, uh, the last interview we had, Laura Kiowet. She was in um, uh, Django Unchained, yeah, yeah. and she was in both Kill Bills. But she was in Django Unchained. She was um, DiCaprio's sister in the movie. Yep. So that's another. Like he's oh. got so many great movies. Oh my god. Yeah, for sure. Can't for even, sure. Can't even think. Yeah, he changed um, a lot of way independent films were made. I think mm. you know. Uh, he just with you know you go. Everyone says this or that, and when you go back to about Pulp Fiction, sorry, uh, Reservoir Dogs, and Reservoir then also Dogs, if you I look at it. he actually wrote yes. and written. Uh, written and wrote um, Natural, uh, Born, Natural Killers. Born Killers. Yeah, but man, one of my favorite movies I have that I have that he wrote and it, he sold it was uh, True Romance. True Romance. If you haven't seen that? Yes. Go back and fucking watch that. Yes. Kilmer was in that, right? James Gandolfino. Um, uh, young James Gandolfino. Uh, Brad Pitt. Young. Yes. I mean, of course, everyone's fucking young in it because it's fucking thirty years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But man, if you have not. Seen True Romance, people need to watch that. That's another great one. Christopher 
Walken, um, yes. uh, Christian Slater, Rosanna uh, yes. I can just go on. The, yeah. the, the talent in that movie is huge. So good. So good. What about you, Slim? What about uh, top movies? I don't. So, like, the only one that I can say is probably my favorite movie of all time is Seven Psychopaths. I fucking love that movie. That's a good one. Uh, That's a really that is, good one, Bobby. That is my, fa- my favorite movie yeah. of all time. And then I don't know if I have any other twos that, like, are close. Really? Second. That's just the wow. only one that ever pops in mind for me. I probably have some in there that I really enjoy, but... Just mentioning Taxi Driver. Me and Slim saw Joker when it came out, and that gave me Taxi Driver vibes. Like, that Joker movie. Hey, yes, absolutely. And I read some things online, and I I, I saw those references. When I did not, I held off on watching Joker. Uh, I waited till it came out on DVD. Yeah, uh, Blu-ray set, and I was like, I don't know if I can watch this because I was in a bad place, like mentally, like dark thinking. Yeah. I don't know, if, and I wasn't in a bad place. I just had, I was like, God, man, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. And when I did, that vibe is definitely there, man. Yeah. He's the underdog, you know. And yeah, it's it's him against the city, him against the world. I could, I wasn't and, even in a bad place, but I felt after we saw the movie, I needed like an hour to just decompress and like yeah. that movie like yeah. I, I said I like I loved it but I would never watch it again it just it just it hits it hits well, really really crazy really crazy yes that's what happened to me I was like um I was hanging out with this chick at the time and um I, I my son my nephew a couple other people had seen it and I was like I've heard this review and that view and I said look this she was like yeah let's get it so I got it, and we watched it, and I told her, I said, man, that was good, but I'll never watch that fucking again. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I loved it, but I would never watch it again. Compressed. Yes. I can't. I see it pop up sometimes, like, as a, uh, you know, on one of my feeds or whatever, and I'm like, Nah, not tonight. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I thought about when it came out on DVD. I thought about grabbing it, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna watch that again. That was fucking crazy, no, crazy. No. Um, and I actually, you know, uh, drove by. I, I took out my uh, time. I went out of town for a couple of days, and one of my sons again, and, and my nephew, they're like, oh, there's this big theater. That's where we saw the Joker at, and they're telling me because I'm out of town, blah blah blah. And I was like, I'm not watching. I'm not watching it. Just forget about it. And uh, like I said, I watched it, but after it went off, this chick and I, and, and she was a, a traveling nurse, and, and that's not bragging, boasting anything. I, at the time, she was busy me for you know personal reasons, et cetera. And I was like, man, I, I like you, I just need the time to decompress after. I was like, uh, I'll never watch it again. Whether yeah. she has or not, I don't know, because she's moved on, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I can't watch that, man. Yeah, like I never felt compassion for him, but it's still mess. It still made you feel weird. Yeah. Like that movie was, it yeah. was weird, weird. Oh, the acting was great. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, that you can't, you know, the writing, the the acting, the the everything about it but i was just like nah no thanks man but i got that taxi driver vibe for sure yeah and i still felt like i don't know how like the entire cast and crew wasn't in like a year of therapy after that (laughs) 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 that movie was good point point. i would have been yeah. If I had any part to do with that, even as an extra, I, I felt like, like oh, yeah, damn, even I if I brought therapy. sandwiches, I feel like I, like, I felt after watching it, like I needed a therapy session. That was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's excellent, man. That's funny. That's excellent. <laughs> God damn. I, I wanted oh, to say man. real quick, oh. so uh, recently my 
I had told my friends that I had never seen Step Brothers, and they were like, "You never seen Step Brothers?" That's great. So they made me watch Step Brothers, and they're like, "Oh, did you like it?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah it was okay." Like, I'm just not crazy about comedy movies, but I bring this up because there is one comedy movie that I really like, and it's funny because oh. it's it's ready to rumble. Oh, oh I, that was <laughs> the know. third movie I thought of, and then I, I, I lost. I, I was thinking ready uh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic like, Thunder is up there too. That's I one think of my it would, top it, it would be yeah. like Ready to Rumble it, because I just have fond memories of watching that movie over and over again as a kid, and that's yeah. you know at the height of the WCW and stuff when I was into uh, all yeah. that. I yeah. loved Ready I to just Rumble. To uh, a friend of mine that um, that's in the wrestling business, and and he was like, "Man, that's my favorite movie, Ready to Rumble." Don't argue with me. And I was like. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just like, I was there at the time when it was making that. I wish I could have been a part of it. But, um, yeah, I wasn't offered, you know, even as an extra. That's, that's good and all that. But, uh, yeah, I can't believe you haven't seen Step Brothers. But uh, Ready to Rumble, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's up there. And I don't know, man. It's if, if you're a wrestling fan, some people just really, really hate it. And others really, really love it. I've never seen I that one. I think there's in between on that. Oh, you uh, never saw. Ready I've to never Rumble. seen that. You never saw Ready to Rumble. Which, which one is that? That's not... Ready to Rumble is like the two guys that go on a road trip because their favorite wrestler, oh. uh, the King. I don't even. I don't think he's a Jerry real wrestler. Jerry the King Lawler. D- yeah, was he's he the real? Was he? Was it Jerry the he, King? Yeah. You didn't think he was real? I, Bobby that. wrestled I Jerry the King. Lawler. Bobby got the belt from Jerry the King. That's who it was yeah, in the movie, right. right? Was it Jerry the King Lawler, or was it just another yeah, guy that? that, that uh, it was another guy on there. Actually, yeah, the King um, was a different character on there. It wasn't Jerry the King Lawler. Okay. It was the uh, comedy guy. He was, um, uh, hey, baby. He was the, uh, uh, hey, baby, hip toss. He just he just had a little, uh, his whole deal of like, um, I think he was um, uh, uh, always in a drunken stumper in that movie, or stupor, rather, and he'd just go uh, to the matches. He'd go, hey, baby, hip toss, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> Um, he definitely wasn't Jerry King Lawler. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, was I was like, I don't know. It was like a, a wrestler no, they made it up. Him. Yeah, but, the wrestler they made up. Yeah, so but, was uh, it these yeah, two I got guys? Work with Jerry King Lawler this past summer, actually. Um, really? It's really cool to catch up with him again. Yeah, just a just a show over in uh, Beckley, West Virginia. It was a really big uh, show, actually, um, with ASW, and uh, I got asked to be as a manager, and it was uh, Jerry Lawler against Shane Storm. And then Dennis Condry was in one corner, and then I was in the other, and it was just kind of a good in-house angle. And it was good just to reunite with some of those people, you know. But, yeah, that movie, I'm pretty sure the guy that played the king uh, was just the guy that walked around saying, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and the match. And he'd go, all right, hip toss, baby. <laughs> I want to see it now. We should do it for a movie show. Yeah, I think that sounds really all right. It. It's, it was a cool movie. <laughs> it's like a road trip movie. Yeah, it was the yeah, guys, yeah. he was like retiring yeah, was or something. Movie. Like he lost a match and he was retiring and these two guys that were like obsessed with him were like, we got to go find him and get him back in the game and get oh, him to go back for us. It's like takes place in WCW, like all the oh, WCW yeah. wrestlers were yeah, in and stuff. Bobby and, said yeah. he was, like, and, around at the time. That's, wow. Yeah, that's why I was, But also, it's one of those things. Here, here's why I look at uh, that and some of those, like we mentioned, uh, Tarantino movies. Unlike the Joker, uh, let's say that one. Um, some of those are just, like, uh, hangout movies. You get yeah. to hang out with your buddies. So when you go on set with, uh, say, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, the characters, you're getting to hang out with Leo and Brad, you know, as their characters. You go hang out with them for a whole day. Uh, same thing with Pulp Fiction. You're getting to hang out with, uh, you know, Jules and, and um, for, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Yes. Volta. Yes. It's hangout films. Uh, and that's the kind of way the um, uh, uh, Ready Rumble is. You get to hang out with a couple guys 
that are going to go see, you know, their favorite wrestler. And it, there's hangout movies, and that's the way I look at those. Yeah. That's like Taxi Driver to me. is like I get to hang out with Travis Bickle, you know, Robert De Niro, uh, who's my all-time favorite actor, although he's fastly fading um, over time, of course. But, um, yeah. you know, you get to hang out with them in a cab, and you get to go through this experience. And so those are hangout movies, and I think that's what um, – and I'm no film expert. I just love movies. But I think that's what happens in, in Ready Rumble. What do you think? Is that just uh, you get to hang out with some people? In that yeah, I, I absolutely think that's what it is. I will agree 100% that that whole movie is kind yeah. of just hanging out with those guys, those two guys trying to yeah. go see their wrestler. <laughs> Bobby, I want I want to ask real quick. I, I know I, it's always great. I love talking to you and letting the conversation go wherever. But, Bobby, I, you have a Christmas book, right? Yes. Yes, I, I do. It's called Seasons, F, and Greetings. My favorite Christmas ever, and it still stands strong today um, throughout my life. This is just one of my favorite Christmases, and I wrote a short story about it. Could you read us uh, an excerpt from it? Yeah, I'll just read it. So this took place back in 1983, uh, way before you guys were around, I'm sure. But uh, So we've been basically promised, um, a, a asked to, or a trip to go to uh, from, I was home from college at the time. Um, I was about 20 years old, and basically, so the setup is my brother and I got asked to go to Baltimore um, with one of my aunts and, and my cousin to pick out Christmas gifts for everyone else uh, because my grandmother had retired from John Hopkins Hospital as a nurse. Excuse me. So that's the setup, and we start off the day that we're going to go to from Ashland, Kentucky, uh, to Baltimore, Maryland, which is about a six-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, and nowadays, back then it was probably about seven, to be quite honest with you. But um, we're in a 1974 green Pinto. You know, so think about that. That's a fucking death trap right there. <laughs> so we're supposed to meet at 11 o'clock a.m. at the 64, I-64 interchange with uh, Route 23, which is, runs, it, it, at 23 is the country music highway um, that runs throughout Kentucky. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, the Judds, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, uh, there's people at these, these highways got sections named after Loretta Lynn, et cetera. All these country music, because anyway, long story short, um, let's cut to the book here. Um, so my 11 o'clock, we're supposed to meet. We don't meet till 8 o'clock that evening. There's no cell phones there. There's you know nothing like that. My mom takes my brother and myself. Uh, he's in high school. My cousin's still in high school. I'm in college, like I said, first year. And we're like, um, okay, we can't, we go up there. No one shows up. We wait for like a fucking hour from 11 till noon. Finally, at eight o'clock, we go back home. Finally, about seven o'clock, we get a call. We're on, we're on our way. We'll meet you at that exchange. And um, like I said, that's located on the borders of Kentucky and West Virginia. So we hit um, 64. We've been West Virginia for most of the trip. So I'm just going to pick it up from there. How's that? Okay. All Sounds right. good. So my aunt has, has basically driven an hour from Paceville, Kentucky to Ashland, Kentucky. We're to exchange that. And now we're getting ready to go on the trip. Um, you would think this would be, here's the excerpt. So you think that'd be um, simple enough. Not so. So once packed, and I mean packed into, into the sardine can, I mean car, my aunt starts driving. Now, granted, we're supposed to leave at 11. It's now eight. She's driven one four hour to pick us up. I can understand how exhausted she probably is. Sarcasm attended. I can see where this is headed pretty quickly. At the first 
rest area or welcome center in West Virginia is about two miles down the road. Oh, oh, I'm so tired. I think I need to get back there and lay down for a bit, Robbie. Do you think you can drive for a while by taking that? Being the oldest at 20 and one of the only drivers with the license, I knew it was coming. Um, I've been around this amp before, just so you know. I really have to pee, so I'll, pull, so I'll just pull up to this rest area. It hadn't even been a couple miles since this 400-mile trip, and she's pulling over. If we hadn't been squashed in so tight and laughing so hard, we'd have fallen out of the car when she stopped. So here we are, all laughing our asses off, all waiting for her to go pee, get a snack, and get back into the car once again. Hey, Robbie, you drive for a little bit. She crawls in the back seat, stretches out the best she can, and she wasn't a small woman, to say the least. So she isn't lying across the entire back seat. Well, there's a driver's seat. I'm pretty sure I've got that covered, but that still only leaves the other front seat. With her and my brother Jimmy, Mac gets out of the back. Him and Chucky squeeze into the other front seat. But if she already lay down, she gets out. Get in, boys. We got some driving to do. That's what I say. You know, we got some fucking driving. So here I am, you know, 20 years old, hardly no experience on the main highway, basically. And that's, that's kind of the gist of it. And, um, there's a light dusting, a snow up comes, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, nowadays I can drive to Baltimore uh, with my eyes closed. Not that I would suggest that to anyone. Yeah. And do it in six and a half hours. But back then it was a different story. Yeah. Several missed turns and still no word from the back seat. I realized two things. The gas indicator was on E and it didn't stand for enough. And two, we were lost somewhere in Virginia. It had been miles since I had passed any Maryland signs. Anyway, blah, 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 fast forward. That, that's where it's at. I pull into a station up there. This is back way before 24-hour gas station, just so you know. And um, so uh, <laughs> it just gets into where she wakes up and she goes, uh, she, I'm driving. She wakes, wakes me up when I get to Maryland. Well, in the middle of nowhere, in snow, driving under the speed limit by now, I'm sure you had enough time to hibernate back there, uh, no white, but anyway, I said to myself, you know, and that's, that's just the gist of it. It takes us 12 fucking hours to get there. Once we get there, we got to stay at these, uh, uh, my grandmother's, uh, sister's place. And it's fucking, I don't know, it, it just goes on. It's like the goddamn, uh, Adams family. And basically from there, my other grandmother who lives there, she sends us my, a ride over from one of, one of my uncles, like two days into the trip. We're like, fuck, we got to get out of there. So she picks us up, or my uncle picks us up, takes me to see my other grandmother, and we go to another uncle party. Now, you know me. This is this. I'm 20 years old. Yeah. So I tell my two teenage brother and cousin, whatever you do, don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Because we're going to this other uncle's party, Christmas party. That's a couple of days after Christmas, so it's kind of Christmas, New Year's. And, man, I swear to you, I think this is the only time in my life this has happened, and I swear to it to this day. Um, yes, I had a couple of drinks, but I think someone fucking making me or the brownies were loaded. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, and I got fucked up more than a can of fishing worms. And all night, my brother and uncle kept saying, and they had a couple of drinks. And they was, like I said, 19, 18 and probably 14. And I kept saying, whatever you do, don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. And man, I got so fucked up, man. I'm just saying, it was like, God damn. This sounds like, like um, it needs to be a movie. It was, this needs yeah, to be a was, movie. So I had to see some of my female cousins, 
who was only cousins by marriage, and you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, they're not really our cousins over there. And, you know, you're 40, you're like, you're 20 years old, and the, young, the oldest cousin was like 21, but the other ones, I just say, okay, they're close enough. But you're like, this, it's, it, it was a fuck. It was, it, it, anyway, we ended up going downtown in Baltimore, where I was at just a few weeks ago. I had to go for another situation, but... That fucking inner harbor down there, where you know we're like, oh man, down there shopping. The whole idea was, guys, we were supposed to go pick out Christmas presents the day after Christmas on the 26th, when shit would be on sale. And my grandmother had given us these, these, um, uh, given us her credit cards. That was the whole deal. And we were supposed to buy stuff for the other three cousins on my grand, on that grandmother's side. Uh, you know, me and my two, my brother and my cousin, male cousin, supposed to buy fucking our gifts plus gifts for two females, another male cousin, and we're like, well, fuck them, they ain't here. Get them some socks. You know, what are you going to get them? <laughs> and we ran those fucking credit cards. That's what I was going to say. I'd be, it was just I, a whole trip, man. I'd be that's, getting everything. It's my best trip, though. Yeah, that sounds like that's, an amazing trip. And, and, and then on the way home, the, the aunt that we stayed with, she loaded us up on a bunch of fucking food, turkey, ham, pies, all that. We're in this fucking pinto. My brother's in the front seat, okay? My cousin and I's in the back. The Pintos, um, which, are, you know, were not the, the, be the best design for cars. The back windows were those little triangles you pushed out. The window didn't roll down. This and, that. and my brother started eating. From the time we left Baltimore, he started fucking eating. My cousin and I's in the back, and hey, you drink water. So anyway, he starts drinking his chocolate milk. Uh, somewhere into the trip, we're like, because uh, we had to stop and get gas somewhere in Virginia, and we're like, man, don't do that, don't do that. He's been eating pies and fucking ham and turkey the whole fucking travel. Like, slow down, man. My cousin and I was in the back laughing like motherfuckers the whole trip, like lunatics. Anyway, my brother says, we're right outside of Charleston, West Virginia. He says, and her name was Brenda. He goes, Aunt Brenda, you got to turn that heat down and turn off that country music. But at the time, none of us listened to country. And we're like, it is that old, the twain country, you know. <laughs> so he's like, he says like three times, and she's got the fucking heat blasting in this little pinto. And she's taking up the fucking three-fourths of the goddamn car anyway. And, and he's up there a bit eating and then starts drinking that chocolate milk that's been fucking warm by now. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he says, Aunt Brandy, for like the fourth time, please turn down the heat and turn off that country music. And, and no sooner he says that, Jawa. He just lets it go. He fucking pukes into the fucking dashboard, into the fucking vents. And I start going, Jawa King, Jawa Earl, you're hurling. Well, by that time, my cousin and I, we can't stop laughing. So, but it's like, when I start saying that, that smell hits those vents. Again, I'm in the back seat. I'm trying to open the fucking little window that opens just about three fourths of an inch. When I hear someone puke or smell it, goddammit, I'm letting it go. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, almost. And I start fucking, me and my cousin puke up the back two windows that don't go, they're not roll downs. They're little, you know. And anyway, so the whole deal is we're like 70 miles from, from home, and my brother fucking pukes into the dashboard, into the heater bin. It's just a goddamn capacity of a trip. But it's season fucking green. My best Christmas ever. There you go. Oh, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> that was amazing. And Bobby, we have to wrap it up. I can't believe it, man. It's it's 
It goes so fast. I wish you guys the best of luck. You too, my friend. Thank you so much. I'm glad to have been a part of the last few years with you guys. And uh, I I really look forward to your movies that you're going to come out with some segments here and there. And I do wish you, seriously, season's fucking greetings. Season's fucking greetings, Bobby. have, Have the best rest of the year possible. Yes, sir. You guys too, both of you. I appreciate you. And uh, on Twitter, what what is your at, Bobby? Is it's at Bobby yes, Blaze? I'm at Bobby Blaze 744. That's my only social media. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Blaze 744. Of course, you can follow me also uh, uh, with uh, the at Bell to Bell Blaze podcast. Uh, Jeremy runs that at the Geekish Cast. He runs that. Just find me at Bobby Blaze 744. That's where I'm most active at. I love all the interaction on Twitter, and I appreciate it very much. And sincerely, guys, thank you both. Robinson, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, Bobby. Bobby. Have a good one. You too. Robinson Show, we're back with late-night host T.C. Rastani. Am I on the air officially? Officially on the air, T.C. How are you, my friend? Unbelievable. Always a pleasure to talk to Robin Slim. My brother's from New Jersey. It's been quite a long time since I've graced the airways of the Robin Slim Show. Yeah, we've, we've been busy. We also do less shows a season now, TC. We had cut back last season to like two shows a month. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, it, it's, a, it's a constant, constant grind. But how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm um, getting ready for the big holiday season here, I guess, like everybody else on planet Earth. Are you ready? But, uh, um, um, what's that? Are, are you ready, TC? Like, I'm pretty much I'm, ready. Be... Slim said he just started shopping, like, just yesterday. Today. <laughs> Today. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> well, uh, like my, uh, my my mentor, Bobby DeBrain Heenan, said, you want to offend me with cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what last year I have three sons, and I think it was last year. It was like the first year they all decided they want to cash. So I'm like, oh my god, that's so so easy, so great. I think that's what everybody in the world wants is just cash. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I you know I knew what I wanted because I, I filled out Santa's list and gave it to the grandparents, and they never disappointed. Yeah. But as they grew older, cash is king. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's also even for a kid nowadays. It's probably easier to get whatever you want if you have money because you That's don't have it. to go anywhere. They just go on Amazon. You just go on or Amazon whatever. and like, like or yeah, just tell mom I want this on Amazon. So they get the it. cash, they give you it back, and they're like, "Order me this." It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You know, I became addicted to Amazon this year, but I'm an adult. But I still miss. I mean, kids do not know have the experience of going into a toy store and like a Toys R Us or a Child World and whatnot, a KB toy, or just a and mall. actually seeing everything on the wall. I mean, remember that? Remember those days as a kid? Yeah, yeah. KB, just like you said, uh, Toys R Us. Even I, I, they, I think they reopen like one or two Toys R Uses every Christmas season, but like we had them all year, all year round. That's where you <laughs> went for everything, everything. KB, every Toys R Us. Single thing. You're right. I miss those. Even miss like those. movie stores aren't around anymore, and they were great, like True. the Sun Coast yeah, and right. stuff like that. Absolutely. Every, I, mean, I used to go to the mom and pop shops because they, you know, this is going back to like 1983, 84 when you first got your VCR out there, and little mom and pop uh, video stores popped up. But that was the greatest thing since sliced bread going to the video store. You, I mean, there's a movie that you saw and loved on the big screen, and now you owned it in your hand on a VHS. That, yeah. People don't understand the thrill of what it was like going into a video store back in the 80s and grabbing one of these movies and bringing it home. It's, I mean, it's a lost art. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, the, we'll never have that again. We'll never have that again. It's a shame. Ah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, I guess it's, uh, you got to make way for progress, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know how it's <laughs> progress. I mean, all right, I, do I have streaming services? Yes, of course I do. I, of course I do. But it's, it's the thrill and the adrenaline rush of going down to a video store and saying, you know, I hope that movie's in. I hope that movie's in. Because you remember, there. mom and pop shops had about two or three copies yes. of it. It's not like Blockbuster that had like 800 copies of it. We were guaranteed. Even that, though. So, even I remember in high school, me and my buddy Brandon would go every Friday for a movie. Just watching. We'd spend hours. We'd just walk through the place. We wouldn't, wouldn't even know. We'd be looking at the back, reading the descriptions. And until we finally found one, that we're like, oh, yeah, we got to watch this. We got to watch this. It was a social event. That was social media back then. Yeah, going up to your buddy, it was. To video stores and trying to pick out a movie that you haven't seen eight trillion times. <laughs> or find some like hidden gem like Jack Frost. Right. With, 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 with the snowman. Like that kind of shit. Like, yeah. Like, that's and, how and, that happened. And if no one was looking, you could go through the bees and go to the back room. Get in that back room. Yeah. Yeah, even like record stores back in the day, like Tower Records, they had their little section where you could find the adult, uh, the adult stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was like the whole thing of it. Just like the song from All the Family. Those were the days. <laughs> They'll never know the shame. Everything's so accessible now. They just have their little phones. Right. And they... Everything is literally <laughs> in the palm of your hand. So. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't build the character it used to. It really doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, it's sickening in, in a way. It is kind of sickening. I, I mean, you guys lived it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was also not just like you're nowadays. Like you're just way into everything. You just have it all in your face. Like back you know? in the day, you 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 eased in. Like now, it's like whoa. <laughs> right, exactly. You had to go uh, into the deep end immediately. <laughs> yes, you're just right in. You're right in. Uh, TZ though, your show uh, after hours, and was was your podcast with Abby the same name after hours? Yeah, after when I was a T-Series star, you had to believe that next May will be our 19th anniversary that we started our late-night television talk show. Yeah, is Obviously, it... we, haven't on, we haven't been on consistently for 19 years. But uh, due to COVID and whatnot, COVID restrictions and whatnot at our studios, we really can't get into, into a full-fledged television production like we used to do. Yeah, that's what and I was people wondering. people said, well, why don't, you do, why don't you do Zoom and whatnot? Because yeah. Zoom sucks. Right? End of story. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask. Uh, how's how's Bull holding up in in, in oh, the pandemic? How is he holding up? He was my guest at Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, and it was like my first time seeing him in probably four or five months. And Bull Montana, for those of you who don't know, he is he's the real life Forrest Gump. All right, he's had so many crazy things happen to him in his life. They should make a movie about him. <laughs> but you know what? He's he's exactly the same. I met the guy in 1988. Oh. Other than a few gray hairs and a few, you know, pounds here and there. That's what I was going to ask. Same guy I was going to ask if four months ago. is like a totally different bull or if it's the same old bull. <laughs> it, de- it depends on how many Twinkies he stuffed down his throat that week. But, you know. <laughs> I but feel he, like. He will, be, he will be spending Christmas at the Rustani Mansion as well. Okay, cool. I feel like he needs a Christmas album. You need to get him in the studio, TC, and just have him record Christmas songs. That's what you I. You kidding me? Santa Claus is a fan of Bill Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh my God! Now, how did you originally what, what, meet? What, what, what kind of song do you want him to sing? Which oh, one? I don't know. Jingle bells. What, what else? Slim. Um. What's that one? Um, Silver Bells is definitely one of my favorites. I'd love to hear him sing that. Some Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Here's the deal. When he's over my house on Christmas Day, I will record him singing whatever Christmas song he knows. <laughs> and, I, and I will tweet it out to your guys' attention. <laughs> I will be waiting. That will That will be my Santa's gift. Yeah, that'll be what I will be. What I'll be waiting for. That will make my day. Uh, so good. You first met him, TC, you said, right? Didn't he work for one of your family members as like a bouncer? No. Oh, 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 oh. When I very first met him, he, going back, yes, he was, he, <laughs> like I said, he's Forrest Company. He gets involved in a bunch of different things. He was a bouncer at my uncle's nightclub in Vegas called the Damp Napkin. All right. <laughs> Damn time, kid. Yeah. And, and it was this was so far off the strip. It was in New Jersey, I was called. But um, <clears throat> that's how I initially met him. And then years later, when I used to go to the the wrestling at the Boston Garden, I used to see him carrying in Hulk Hogan's bags. So, I mean, there was a few oh. years gap between the Damp Napkin and the Boston Garden. But yeah. that's how I, I initially met him at the Damp Napkin. A few years go by, I see him carrying Hulk Hogan's bags at the Boston Garden. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like something you would just have tons of stories from just doing that, just carrying Hulk Hogan's bag. Like That, that sounds amazing. You know, before you guys officially retire, I'm going to get him down here to the studio. You guys can talk to him, and he'll tell you some fascinating stories. I would love that. That would be, that would be amazing. Uh, could, you handle, could you handle the car ride from Boston to New Jersey with, with Bull? I've done it many times, and I'd rather send them down on a greyhound. But um, <laughs> now, are you? Are you guys? You guys? I heard a rumor you guys may be uh, retiring sometime in twenty two. Yeah, this is our our last full season. We'll pop up here and there, but this is our last of like a regular schedule uh, show coming out. Okay. Well, we may be down in New Jersey at the end of April for the Chilla Theater. Okay. We can arrange something. I'll I'll drag his caucus down. That'd be awesome. That'd be fucking awesome. What is uh what is that? The chiller, that's uh that's um horror horror festival, correct? Yeah, it used to be a horror festival. Now it's a pop culture con. Okay. So they just kept the title of the of the show because because they've been doing this show now for like thirty one years, so the, the the name just stuck. But it used to be just, you know, like Freddy Krueger's Jasons and, you know, people from horror movies. But then yes. they realized there's only so many times you can bring in Freddy Krueger, Jason and whatnot. So they had to bring in different people from all different uh, walks of pop culture. Okay. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that those resumed, too, with the, with the pandemic. Well, I can just, like I said, I can just, I can drive him down. Yeah, and just tell him. Go down in front of your house and just, just ease him out of the vehicle and come back in about an hour. Just tell him it's a chiller fest. Yeah. He doesn't know it's some well, house. Yeah, I'll just write chiller fest <laughs> on the door. And, uh, yeah. Full Montana as as only. As long as you got hamburgers and hot dogs, he'll go. <laughs> I got snack cakes, I'll, but yeah, Slim's got I'll a microwave. The, he's yeah. going he's gonna, to he's gonna get everything. <laughs> Catches on fire. <laughs> 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 
easy as one, two, three. I'll get those uh, those uh, frozen White Castle burgers. When oh, we get to those go. are good. Yeah. I do. I, I I can rock those. I can rock those. You know, I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's ever had a White Castle because White Castle isn't in our area up here in Boston. Oh, they don't go up that far. Yeah, they're they're like they're around here. There's one in Tom's River, which is about twenty minutes away. They're like, yeah, I love I love the White Castle. Yeah, the first White Castle I ever went to was in uh, New York City, about, about two or three blocks down from the Port Authority. And this is going back probably 2007 or eight, And uh, that was my first experience with uh, White Castle. Oh, my God. Those stupid little burgers are so good. So good. I could eat like 20 of them. 20 of them. How's Abby been, though, TC? Are you guys doing the podcast still? Abby, well, Abby is Miss Busy. I'm going to call her Busy Abby. Yes. Uh, she, outside of the show, has a tremendous career. She's going, she's be a, a graduate school uh, at a college. I'm not going to make my name of the college because of the stalkers out there. Yeah, um, totally. She's going for theatrical entertainment. Oh, wow. And uh, she's, you know, wrapping that up probably within the next few months. And she's continuing her duties down here as executive producer of the program, which is you know, it's kind of hard, but we hired her a year, a little over a year ago, and we had a yeah. pandemic. So she's basically been out there, you know, getting sponsorships lined up. We hopefully, you know, I knock on what I said this the last time I was on your show, but the, you know, around the pandemic is we want this damn thing to end so we can come back and do our shows 100 percent in studio and bring in some fantastic guests. But, you know, this bullshit pandemic has ruined everything. It has. It really fucking has. I, I, every time I hope it's going away, there's another another strain and another another uh, thing another to worry about. Variant. Yes. Oh. Sick. Enough of the need, fucking variants. I think we need to have COVID versus Colonel Beaumont. <laughs> yeah, Bull Bull will take it out. He's he's already immune. I feel he's he's like the 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 the, the he's the vaccine. He is the vaccine. He is a vaccine. <laughs> he, he is a vaccine. He's you know he, you can you can get addicted to him real quick. <laughs> oh, what's worse, the pandemic or the vaccine? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, a four-hour car ride with Colonel Beaumont Tanner's worse, but we I mean, <laughs> You'd rather, you'd rather, you'd rather risk your chances with COVID. <laughs> COVID runs from the Colonel. That's... He does. Yeah, COVID runs from the Colonel. It can be a bumper sticker. <laughs> that should be. But uh, Abby sends her guys. I talked to her earlier today. Tried to get her down here on the program. She was just too busy. She's a And she said her cutest little adorable. You know, British boys. Oh, I love those guys so much. Having them do the sport of tea for me. <laughs> I, we're having some teas. Yeah, right? this is a tea. It's an IPA tea. An absinthe <laughs> tea, if you know what I mean. We'll is, it, sw- is it wrapping paper tea? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, it's, 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 le- it's legal here, so don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It's totally legal. I, I bought it here. That's all I know. TC, do you oh, well, ha- there you go. do you have any plans? Do you have any big plans for when the show comes back full, full force? Yeah, I do. We have we we we've had guests lined up that we never wanted to come on the program, but they just you know they're just afraid to because yeah. I don't blame them. I don't because either. They're getting sick and whatnot. And our, our production crew, for those of you who don't know who don't know about the show, you can uh, look us up online at tcristani.com. We're a late night talk show, and the greatest compliment I ever got was from a guest who said, "You guys are like the Tonight Show from the Twilight Zone." And 
I took that with uh, the biggest round of applause in my book because we kind of, I like the, the, the Tonight Show from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And my production crew, I want to give them, you know, they've been off for a year and a half, but what, in their real lives, they work for major, uh, major television stations here in the Boston area, like ABC affiliates, NBC affiliates. So they really can't risk getting sick to come down and do our award-winning talk show yeah. as much as they would like to <laughs> because they have to support family and, you know, all that other stuff. So we totally get that. So, yeah. You know, no one's going to appreciate you unless you go away for a while and make a big return. So that's what we're going to be doing, hopefully, sometime in 2022, unless the Montana variant comes out of nowhere. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's a variant I don't want around. <laughs> oh, you, you've actually hung around with them then, huh? No, no, no. I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't. I'm, I'm only kidding. Cole Montana is one of my best friends in life. He's, he's the most, one of the most unique individuals you'll ever meet in life. But he is the foil to T.C. Ristani. Yes, he, he's, he is he's amazing. I was going to say, does he ever hit you up at random times for like some crazy thing, like to bring him something? Always. <laughs> bring right. me some hot dogs? You're talking about a guy who doesn't have a cell phone, who's never had a cell phone, right? Really? Still? When still we to were, the day? When we were doing the show, right? When we were doing the show, I used to have to call his house phone, which he has, and leave a message on his machine and say, you know, Colonel, we're doing a show on such and such a day. you got to be here at such and such a time. So on particular show dates, I would get no less than four or five different random cell phone numbers on my phone. It was bull borrowing people's cell phones wherever he is, at a bus stop or on the subway or wherever the hell he is. So that, that's one of the unique uh, communication skills of him. So whenever we do a so, show and I get these random phone numbers that you've yeah, heard before. I wouldn't want to answer those. I wouldn't want to answer those <laughs> random numbers. I'd be like, I don't know this person. But when you got bull in your life, you gotta you got to take those calls. Oh, you do. You do. Uh, he's called me a couple times. You know, he's like, hey. You know, I, I, I ran I ran out of ketchup at my house. You think you can swing by and drop me off? <laughs> you know, it's like you can't wait until the sun comes up to get your ketchup. I mean, come on. But he's uh, the colonel. You got to do it. You got it. Everybody loves the colonel. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's amazing, TC. <laughs> it is amazing. It's, 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 I've been blessed by being surrounded by talented and unique individuals in my entire professional career. That's like all you can hope The Colonel for. goes back earlier than the professional career. But it's just amazing. It's like the, the Wizard of Oz going down that yellow brick road. You never know who you're going to stumble into. Yeah. That's true. If That's you were to tell true. me, you know, 19 years ago when I did, or coming up on 19 years ago when I did the first show, that I'd still be doing this and talking about it to you know, people on podcasts from around the country, I, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long run, man. It is a long run, and you know, it's 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 been fun. It's had its ups and downs, and uh, I, like I said, hopefully we'll come back because I really am, am, am itching to do it. I mean, yeah. it's been a while since I put on the red sequin jacket, so I, you know, it's like Superman in his cape. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Like right now, I'm just I can't wait for the break, but like I feel like at some point it's gonna be like, oh my god. Oh my God, we gotta do it. We gotta do this every week. No, because once once you get this in your blood, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> no, no. I don't care how many transfusions you get, you can't get rid of it. Yo, right? no, you can't. You cannot. Now you guys have been doing this now for how many years? 
Since is the eight, right? This is our eighth, is, right? Yep. Yeah. Eight years. All right? And it seems like five minutes, right? Yeah, when you think back, like literally. Just yeah. blink of an yeah. eye. Just the fact that we've been going that long. Yeah. It, it seems like we, we haven't haven't been. But at the same time, you do. You do feel it. You do feel it. Right. Now, I, I mean, now, you think down, you, maybe, maybe you'll do some, like, quarterly specials throughout the year after you guys have, uh, you know, you know, semi-retired. Yeah. Yeah. And then... See, you guys got a huge audience. I mean, you guys do this on a weekly basis. We were doing our show... On like you know, we would go in once a month and tape a you know tape a couple episodes and whatnot. But I couldn't imagine trying to line up guests week after week, week after week. I mean that 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 takes a lot of uh, effort, and you guys should be applauding yourself for that because I, I follow you guys on the social media. I see who you got coming on and who you've had on. It's incredible. When we used to do it uh, weekly, we used to do it four times a month. Yeah, I would book at least two months in advance because yeah. It, 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 it's a lot of work. A lot of work goes into it, and I feel I mean, like you I think... guys had it. You guys had it easy because you're doing it over the phone. Yeah. You know, just imagine trying to do that in a live studio oh, setting. With yeah, full of directors and and you know people you know coming in from all over the place. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah, I mean totally. we had to stay, we had to stay regionalized with the guests. We couldn't bring in someone from New York or California or Texas or wherever. Yeah, that does limit you. And uh, we used to, I think, we do four guests a show now. I think we used to do six at yeah, one point. Yeah, like, we that's... definitely, we had a longer show. I remember yeah. at one point, like, we cut back and I was like, how did we ever do that Yeah, extra hour or, or whatever it was? What did we yeah. do? Did we start at five? I think we, we started start at, start five at five guests a show. And then we went to six. And yeah. then at one point we went to four. Yeah, because and four was like out. kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, yep, that that was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back on your eight years, with the exception of yours truly, what, what was the most impressive guest you had on saying after the end of going, my God, I can't believe we actually got that person? For for me, it was definitely Jamie Kennedy, just because he was somebody I loved as a kid, and it was cool that, like, ah, I got to interview Jamie Kennedy. Like, I still say, the- and I'll, I'll take it to the grave, Spencer Grammer, just... From Rick and Morty, she voices Summer, and also the fact that she's Kelsey's daughter. Like, just so cool. So cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just, I I just remember, too, when we talked to her, I was like, why'd you say yes to our show? And she's like, you hit me up at just the right amount of wine. So I was like, okay, that's that's super cool. Because I just, all I did was uh, just Twitter message her. Like, would you come on? And she was like, yeah. There you go. So, that's yeah. the way to do it. But like you I said, have to say that you know when it's all said and done, the, the the most impressive guest that I think I've had on the show was obviously uh, Mr. Miyagi himself, Pat Marino, when he was drunk on our show on our yes. very first broadcast. Dude, that's amazing. Uh, I, my son's just uh, I think it was the past summer I got them into um, Cobra Kai, and so but I before I let them watch that, I made them watch the original Karate Kids, and yeah, they love him. They love him. Oh, you have to. I mean, the guy was an icon. And Literally. I, you know, I was thinking of this the other day. He died in like 2005, and he really was off the radar at that point in time. Yeah. I may have been the very last talk show that he ever appeared on. I, I feel like it. I feel like if it wasn't, it was one of the last. I And um, I've gone on a, a YouTube, like, d- deep dive of him. Like, I, I, I've seen, I, I don't think I've seen anything after your interview with him. Right, because he, he lived out in uh, Las Vegas or whatnot. So, 
It could have been. I mean, we had him on in May of 2003, and he passed away sometime in 2005. Yeah. So he, we may have been the very last late-night, quote-unquote, late-night talk show that that guy did. Yeah, that's a... That's a... Kind of, it's just kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, an honor in a way. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who probably did every other talk show. Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, Letterman. You know, he's probably shown up on all these things. And the last one that he ever did was yours truly's late night talk show after when I was a TC restart. That's to, to tell me that as a kid that, you know, the Mr. Miyagi is going to be a going to be on a talk show that you're hosting. Yeah. And, and, and well, maybe the last late night television appearance of his life. Yeah. is something that I can brag about, you know, for, for, cool. for, you know, for as long as I'm kicking. I watched an interview that was on a, on a, I guess a show at the time. And, uh, it was about, landing the role of Mr. Miyagi and he was kind of like already done with acting at that point and the original uh the people that made the movie the 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 guy in charge was like no he's not he's not who I want and then <laughs> at one point I think the producer like just asked him to come in and audition and the guy was like who was that and he's like that's the guy you didn't want like so they, he was like no i want that guy so that's how he got that like he wasn't even like a consideration for that role it's amazing and because in his career he was a stand up comedian who became you know a background character actor you know he was obviously Arnold on happy days yes and he would show up in different sitcoms him and red fox were very close you know uh, uh Stampin' and son yes so it's kind of like Robin Williams. When people think of Robin Williams now, they think of him as the dramatic actor and whatnot. But prior to, say, like, you know, Good Morning Vietnam, he was crazy Mork for Mork and doing all these crazy, weird movies in his nutty stand-up. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a lot of these stand-up comedians who are crazy and you think they're crazy and they have no talent whatsoever, deep down are the best actors in the world because what they're doing up on stage is an act. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, so I mean, you know, you know, hats off to him because he was a he, he opened a a lot of doors for people who were in the stand up you know field. You know, people like wait a minute, Pat, did you see Pat Marina in the Karate Kid? I couldn't believe that was the same foul mouth comedian that was on stage talking about this and that. And yeah. <laughs> my so, sons you know, didn't even realize. The book by its my sons didn't realize that he didn't sound like he did in in karate kid because he sounded like he was like an immigrant but no he sounded like an, he just had an american voice he didn't have any voice that was like like yeah, mr born, Miyagi he was at born all. and bred here he's, yeah he's an american yeah that's what i mean, I mean but... you, should, you, you should show the kid your kids him on my show when he's completely half in the bag i will <laughs> as long i ought to review it first but yeah yeah i will oh no it was clean it was yeah. completely clean yeah, you do a clean it show, too. It was just him, just you know, the, the you know the most uh, adult-oriented thing in that interview was him. I'm the one who taught him how to wax off. That was a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I totally will. I'm totally gonna kick out of that, TC. TC, we have to wrap it up, dude. I can't believe it's it's time already. Well, let me plug. Can I plug my social media and my website one more time? Of course. Well, if you want to go to my website and find out all about what's going on in the world of After Hours at T.C. Ristani, go to tcristani.com. But the best place you can reach me is my Twitter, and that is at After Hours TC. And every night, I do one of those Twitter spaces now where I invite everybody who follows me on Twitter, and we just chat about whatever anybody wants to talk about. I saw that. Usually I'm at work when you when I get that invite, so I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I'm dealing with a whole bunch of work stuff. I'm an important worker. But... <laughs> 
I will. I will check it out at some point, TC. Unbelievable. <laughs> and have the happiest holidays possible, my friend. And I want to publicly thank you guys. You guys have had me on your show now like three or four times. It's always been an unbelievable pleasure. We chat offline. You guys have become great friends in the After Hours of TC Rustani family. And I'm honored to say that I have been on this program multiple times. And I hope you guys reconsider, come on back full time, because the world needs people like Robin Slim. Thank you, my friend. Have a good one, TC. We never close. <laughs> Later, dude. Later. So cool. We'll be back next year. Huh? Am I a joke to you? Yes, you are a fucking joke. You fucking suck. You've always sucked. You, you, you know why we haven't fought in years? Because you're an embarrassment to me, and I don't need you anymore. I don't need anybody. All I do is eat ass and 69 Nintendos, bro, every day. Or maybe you hate me because I am the only man to see how far you have fallen. I used to fear you, respect you. Now all that's left is pity for a sad, drunk shell of a man, too afraid to see how alone he truly is. 